Awesome. Well, good morning and welcome again to True North Church. My name's Phil. I'm part of the team here. And I'm so excited to be gathered to, together again for another morning of church. If it happens to be your first time, so great to have you here. And I'm sure we'll all have a lot of fun after the service going down a water slide, jumping in a water pool. Anyone going to do that? I'll be honest, I probably won't. But I'll, you know, I'll sit there with a cup of coffee and enjoy the whole experience. You know, if you, if you haven't met me before, I happen to be a dad. I've got two little boys. And one of the things I find myself doing quite regularly is uh, spending time at local parks around the place. Any other parents in that season of life? Come on, there's a few of you around. You get down to the park. Now, you know when you go to the park and you see that parent... Usually it's a dad, and they are just getting into everything. You know, they're going down the slide, they're climbing up the rope bridge, they're, they're going across the balance beam, they're sliding down the fireman pole, they're, you know, they're, they're just into it. Has anyone ever seen that person at the local park? Well, can, can I be honest? I, I am that person down down at the local park. I love doing all different things. I, I feel like, you know, I'm still young enough at heart to enjoy a seesaw, enjoy a slide, enjoy everything that the park has to offer. But can I say, there is one particular apparatus down at your local park that after a certain age, you just cannot do it anymore. It's the monkey bars. Right? Now, I was recently at a park where there was a very thematic display of monkey bars. It was really nicely shaped. It was, you know, it was, and I thought to myself, it's been too long. I'm going to give the monkey bars a go. And I hung on the first rung, and I thought to myself, this is incredibly unpleasant. <laughs> the pain began to shoot down my arms and shoulders, but I thought, okay, it's time to move. And as I swung out to take hold of that next rung, the pain became unbearable, and I crashed to the floor, quite literally landing on my bottom. <laughs> then get this, to make matters worse, my, my awesome, kind-hearted little son, he comes up to me and says, Daddy, do you need me to get mummy for you? <laughs> right? And I spray up to my feet, like, no, I do not need mummy. I'm a grown man and I can do the monkey bars. And I tried again and, and I just couldn't do it. It was beyond me. So if there's one takeaway this morning, next time you're at a local park, have a go at the monkey bars. And experience my experience. But here's one thing I do like about the monkey bars, as a metaphor sometimes for life and even the life of faith, that in order to be successful on the monkey bars, in order to move forward, you have to let go of what has been and you need to take hold of what's ahead. That for monkey bars to work, to be successful in that pursuit, which clearly I was not, there's a letting go and a taking hold that needs to happen. You know, this morning I want to speak into this subject for a little while, that what it means in the life of faith and in the place of the soul to begin thinking about this idea, to let go and to take hold. Now, in the summer of 1985, who remembers 1985? You were there. I was, I was three years old living in South Wales. Dean, you must have been freshman year, college. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he wasn't. He's, he's only slightly older than me, maybe even a little younger. And, but in 19, 
1985, I was three years old, so I don't actually remember this. But the hit, one of the hits, hits of the summer in 1985 was Madonna's Material Girl. Anyone remember this? There's a, if you just needed to jog your memory. Now, before I say anything else, can I just say, I think this is an awful song. <laughs> just awful. But Madonna identifies something in that song that holds truth for the world that we live in. Remember the, the chorus of that song? Because we're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Oh, boy, as the case may be. Yeah, that was good, right? <laughs> I was undecided whether to go for it or not. I'm going to hit it harder next service. Um, but anyway, we can, we can take that off the screen. So, so here's something that, that, that Madonna identifies in that song, that we're living in a material world, that our world has a bend towards the pursuit of the material. And as people, we too can be inclined to the pursuits of the material. And Madonna's response to that, of course, is to say, well, I'm going to define myself in that reality. That if it's a material world that we're living in, I am going to be the material girl. I'm going to embrace every part of who that is and what that means. But there is another option. There is another option. Because though, although as human beings we are material and we live in a material world with an inclination towards the material, we are also profoundly spiritual. And God created us with a soul to know His Spirit alive in us. And in that sense, we are also inclined to the spiritual. So we have an opportunity. We have a decision to make. Will I be a material being inclined to the material things? Or will I be a material being knowing that we, deep within me there is a spirit, there's a soul that's inclined to the spiritual? What will I let go of? What will I take hold of? Now in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul has a very similar revelation to Madonna. Not in, yeah. And he identifies to Timothy, if you're, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to Scripture in the New Testament, uh, uh, Paul, a, a great evangelist for Jesus, writes a letter to a, a younger guy, Timothy, to encourage him in his pursuit of faith and Jesus. And he identifies in chapter 6 that we are living in a material world, that we can get caught up so easily in the material pursuits of that material world. But then Paul, in his wisdom, encourages Timothy to say, but it doesn't have to be that way for you. That doesn't have to be the focus of your life, Timothy. And one of the things that I love about letters and parts of the Bible like this is that, that it's in its original context, you've got Paul writing to Timothy to encourage him in his faith. But I believe that God has preserved all Scripture in his Bible to speak to our lives. So it's almost as if God or Jesus is speaking this same encouragement into who we are as the church today, to say it doesn't have to be that way for you. Let me take you to a passage of Scripture, and it'll be up on the screens. You can get your Bibles out as well. So Paul, after identifying this struggle with the material, the material world that we're living in, this is how he addresses Timothy. And he says, but you, man of God, someone say man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. What a list of qualities. Fight the good fight of the faith, or contest for the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
I love these few verses. And this morning, we're going to take the time to drill down a little bit deeper into exactly what Paul is communicating throughout these few short verses. And I love how he starts right at the start, but you man of God. He, of course, is writing to Timothy, but you, man of God, and we can hear it for ourselves this morning, that if we have placed our faith in Jesus, this becomes the defining quality of our life. But you, woman of God, man of God, you know what Paul's doing when he speaks that over Timothy? He's speaking into his identity. He's speaking into who he is. He's saying that before any directive that comes, so Paul's going to encourage him with his things, but before he gets to any of that, he reminds him of his identity. He reminds him of who he is. And the reason that Paul does this, and the reason that this is so important, is that he understands that who you are is what you hold to. Who you are is what you hold to. So Paul, right at the start, he makes it so abundantly clear that, Timothy, you are a man of God. You know, there was particular weight in this phrase. Throughout the Old Testament, certain individuals were were given this title, man of God. Names like Moses, Samuel, David, Elisha, Elijah. All these different individuals that led these incredible lives of faith. All these different individuals that had ups and downs in their lives of faith, that had failings, that had doubt, that had challenges. But there was one thing that was consistent among all of them, that God was the defining quality of their life, that God came first. And then Paul speaks this out over Timothy. He says, but you, you're a man of God. He says, here's the material world, here's the pursuits of the material world, But you, there's something different about you because you know who Jesus is. And who you are in him is going to shape what you're going to take hold of. We ready to go a little bit further into the scripture? Come on, let's take another step. The next part of this first verse in verse 11, he says this, flee from all this flee from all this. Now, I love the choice of words here, and and Paul is referencing the the material world, the pursuits of the material world, getting hung up on things like like money and more and, and all these kind of things. And Paul's advice is to actually flee from it. Now, it's an interesting choice of words. Yeah, you know, a little while ago, actually, some time ago, I was I was really into snorkeling. It was like my favorite favorite thing to do to go out on a you know a perfect day with perfect visibility, and you'd get out in the water and it'd just be amazing. Any any fans of snorkeling here this morning? You just imagine that perfect weather. I'm talking like 28 degrees, something like that, just clear clear water. And we had one of these days a, a few years back, just outside of Sugarloaf, which is on Canal Rocks Road, uh, just outside of Bustleton. I'm pretty sure it's Sugarloaf. Anyone familiar with the area? The one with all the birds? bird poo on it? Is that, is that anyone? Yeah, the people laughing know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's, a, it's an awesome spot for snorkeling. And this day we went out, it was just amazing. It was like you go in the water and it was almost like visibility was as clear under the water as it was on top of the water. And you could just see for, for 100, 150 meters. It, it was amazing. And I, I was enjoying that experience, enjoying that moment snorkeling around until, until I saw in front of me, about 100 meters away, uh, a six meter great white shark. Not really. It was, a, it was a, it was a six-foot reef shark. 
but still terrifying. No one wants to see a shark of any variety when in the water, particularly when you're out a few hundred meters. And I was, went from, you know, just completely enjoying that experience, completely enjoying that moment, to seeing that shark. Have you ever had that experience where you're in a situation, something changes, and you're just like, nope, 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 and you just completely go the opposite direction. Anyone afraid of spiders here this morning? A few. Uh, uh, Youth Pastor John, legendary fear of spiders. If you go into a room and there's a spider present, this is the kind of reaction. To flee from all of this is like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. Good night. I'm out of here. That was my exact reaction when I saw this shark. Going from enjoying this experience to like, no, the situation has changed. Now I need to get out of here as fast as possible. But if you've ever been in that moment, you're kind of cautious of not like thrashing too much and swimming too hard. So I kind of just calmly paddled away deep in terror. And still, every time I'm in water deeper than about four meters, I'm instantly afraid of sharks. But anyway, that's a story for another day. I tell that story to conjure up the sense of what Paul's talking about here, to flee from all this, to have a sense of fear about what a life defined by material pursuits can bring to our soul to actually be afraid of what might be the finishing point of our lives if we live a life defined by the material. That as a follower of Christ, to actually have weight in that as a consequence, to think if my life is purely defined by the material, if there's there's an absence of the spiritual in my life, that I actually need to be afraid of that. Not afraid that Jesus would ever turn his back on me, that Jesus would ever leave me, but be afraid that through my own decision-making, I might distance myself from Christ. This is what Paul's communicating to Timothy. He's saying, you've got to let go. You've got to let go of the material. You need to hold it with a healthy fear of what it can bring to your life. You need to flee from it. So, Timothy, let go. Followers of Jesus, let's learn what it means to let go. But then, of course, in the final part of verse 11, he transitions to what we might take hold of in its place. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. I love these these lists of qualities that Paul describes to take hold of these, to pursue them with every ounce of your being. And one of the things that I note when I look at that description, that none of them are material in their nature. None of them are material pursuits, but all of them are spiritual pursuits of the soul, to live with righteousness, with faith, with love, with endurance, with gentleness. You know, something I love about this list that Paul brings together is to me, I read it, and I see Jesus. Anyone else have that experience? You read that verse, and you're like, that is just a description of my Savior. Jesus, that in his nature, in every moment of every day, he put God first. He was righteous. In his nature, he was godly. That Jesus always operated with this incredible heart of faith, always going back to the Father, always praying for God to do more. That Jesus in almost every part of his being was defined by this quality of love. To have love for God. To have love for one another. That there was an endurance to him. That he endured even the cross for his heart of love. And that through it all he was completely gentle. 
that he went through the cross as a lamb. Even when hanging on the cross, welcomed a criminal into his kingdom. That Jesus regularly would welcome the little children to come. I see in this verse a description of the character and the quality of Jesus. And then I see in that an aspirational goal for the life of faith. When we think about what it means to take hold of the spiritual, it's to take hold of the pursuit of the character and quality of Jesus. To take hold of the desire to be transformed more and more into who Jesus is. And to do that, there needs to be a letting go of some of the other things. To pursue fully who Jesus is inviting us to be and the kind of life Jesus invites us to experience. To take hold. Then in verse 12, Paul's going to continue. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. You know, the word there that's used here in the original letter could, could perhaps be better translated as contest, as I mentioned a little earlier. To contest for your faith. The, the word was often used as of the, uh, the ancient Olympic Games at the time of Paul. To bring that application of strength and energy and passion. To actually contest for the heart of faith that beats within you. To take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul's referencing the reality that Timothy has given his life to Jesus. And then he says, contest for your faith. Bring an application of strength and energy to pursue faith in your life. Bring heart to the pursuit of faith in your life, Timothy. Take hold of the spiritual and fight, and fight the good faith. You know, when I think about this idea of contest, I'm reminded of some, some kind of pictures in the sporting world. You know, the, the AFL will be starting again shortly. Anyone looking forward to that? Yeah. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that I see in AFL, I'm not a huge supporter of football myself. I'm more of a basketball guy. We'll get to that. But, but let's say there's a, there's a, you're playing a game of football. If you don't contest for the mark, you don't get the possession. Is that accurate, John? No. D depending on the position. Th thanks, Steve. You're really helping me where I'm going here. But if you don't contest, if you're playing basketball, if you don't contest for the rebound, you don't get the ball. If you don't contest for what Christ is doing in your life, if I fail to contest for Jesus in my soul, I'm not going to experience everything that God has invited me to experience. To contest for faith in your life. So let's circle back now to this idea of taking hold and letting go. So if we say that the one application of this passage could be to say, you know, Paul's using language like flee from all of this, that we've got to completely let go of the material, to, to completely let go of the material, to run from it. So, so one application from this verse might be that, that maybe we need to, to go and live as, as monks, that, that completely let go of, of any kind of possession, of any kind of material value, and seek to live a completely spiritual life. That's perhaps one application. Or maybe for us, there's a step before that. You know, when I think about this picture, I think about an open hand 
and a closed hand. I, I want to show you something real quick here. And I'm hoping I can do this myself. Already having my doubts. <laughs> I've got it. All right, I, I'm just going to put this microphone down for the moment. This will build a little bit of suspense. You'll like this. All right, I'm reasonably happy with that. So we think about this idea of the material, pursuing the material. That can look like lots of different things. And the reality is we, we all have different kinds of material goals, myself included. So when we talk about letting go of the material, here's, here's a picture I want to show you. So if we see the materials in our hand, it's a pretty good M, right? a little off, but it's okay. So the materials in our hands. Often we live our lives like this, taking hold of the material pursuits in our life. I think the encouragement of Scripture this morning is to hold that with an open hand. To let go of the material doesn't mean necessarily to completely remove everything of material value in your life. But I think what it does mean is to hold it differently. To stop taking hold of the material. And to hold it openly in your hand. To help bring some definition to this, one of the, one of the material goals that I have in my life is that in the next five or so years, we, we'd love to, to move house and, and actually come a little bit closer to, to our, our church here at True North and Malalu. We, we'd love to do that. Now, there's two ways I could approach that goal. I could hold it like this and say it is so important that, that we move house, that we get a nicer house, that we come closer to our campus here at Malalu. It's so important. In fact, that's going to become more important than everything else. That's going to shape how I operate my life over the next five years. And it's not going to shape how I operate my life in the lens of who Jesus is. Because it's me taking hold of something material and saying, this matters more. Now, here's another way I could apply that same material goal. The next few years, it'd be really nice to, to move houses, to, to come a little closer. That'd be really nice. But you know what? If that doesn't happen, it's not the most important thing in my world. If I never have a nicer house, never have a nicer car, they, those things would be nice, but it's not really the most important thing. This is what I think Paul is speaking through his word this morning, through God's word, is to let go and hold it differently. Now, let me show you one more thing. You ready for this? This one's going to be harder to write. <laughs> Before I show you this, I've got some... Um, 
perspiration-related issues on the microphone hand. <laughs> but it's not too bad. <laughs> now we're going to think about the spiritual. You like that? You like that? That's a, a well-crafted S. Um, yeah. Left-handed mic. Is it the right way around? I was like, it is? Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> I was, as I was around, I was like, wait, I need to turn this? Like, what's, yeah, we're okay. It's the same. It's the same here as there. <laughs> we're okay. We're okay. So let, let's consider now the letting go and the taking hold of the spiritual. So if one of the thoughts is we're going to hold the material a little bit differently in our lives, inspired by who we believe Jesus is calling us to be, we're going to hold the material a little bit differently. Now, one of the challenges that I've had in my life of faith is that I hold the spiritual the same way. That I might say things like, yeah, God's, God's real, God loves me. What an awesome message. The gospel, the Easter story, all of that, it's so good. That Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That I hold all these things with an open palm. I say, yeah, God's, God's probably got some plans for my life. God probably wants to use me to be a blessing to others. That, that's a nice thought. God, that's probably all there. And one day I'll kind of see that. And, and if I don't see, you know, incredible things for God in my life, that's kind of okay. And, and if I do, that would be really nice as well. That too often, that's how I hold the spiritual, or to give definition to that, how I hold Jesus in my life. But what if there was a reversal? That as we let go of the material, we're then able to take hold of the spiritual in our life, to take hold of Jesus in our life. That it's not just a sense of, of maybe God's there, maybe that's great, maybe God has plans for my life, but to actually contest for it in every fiber of my being to say that it is not okay if I don't know who Jesus is. It's not okay if I don't know where Jesus is leading my life. This is why Paul uses this kind of language, flee from it, flee from this, open your hand and take hold of Christ. Contest for your faith. Bring an application of strength to your pursuit of Jesus. Let go and take hold. I want to invite the, the team to come and join us here this morning and we're going to, we're going to pursue God in a few moments' time. And one of the ways that we do that, and we've experienced it already this morning, is to sing these songs, speaking out the goodness of who God is. And we're going to do that together today as well. But I want you to take this picture, and I want you to wrestle with it. <laughs> to take it into your own context of life. You might be here this morning, you've never placed your faith in Jesus. And you hear that phrase where Paul says, Timothy, take hold of that confession. That good confession of faith where Timothy said, Jesus, I believe that you're my personal Lord and Savior, and I want you to be first in my life. You know, if you're here this morning and you want to put Jesus into that place of firstness in your life, you can make that confession of faith. And I encourage you as we, we sing this song, you might want to take a, a next step card on your seat, and you could even just fill it in and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to talk to someone about that. I want to pray with someone about that. And one of our pastors will be in contact with you, most likely me. And I'm really good at writing on my hands. 
But if you're here and you've never made that confession of faith, I want to invite you to make it this morning. That's one way you could do it. If you're feeling super energized, you can come straight down to the front as we sing this song. Say, Dean, Phil, I want to give my life to Jesus. And if that's you this morning, we welcome you to do that. Now, for everyone else here, that you've already made that confession of faith, that there's been a time in your life at one point or another where you've said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I want my life to be shaped by you. I want my life to be defined by you. I want you to be first in my life. Many of us have made that prayer, haven't we? And the encouragement from Scripture this morning is to take hold of that confession. To take hold of that confession and begin to contest for it in a whole new way in your life. To hold the material a little more openly. To take hold of the spiritual. You know, when Paul uses that word contest or fight for your faith, it's something I'm reminded of. As I mentioned, I've got a couple of little kids. They were babies a couple of years ago. And, and one of the things that we sometimes do as parents when you have babies, if they're, they're struggling to go to sleep, if they're fighting that battle a little bit, you, you can give them a dummy. Anyone ever given a baby a dummy? And I love the, the other word for, for a dummy, the, the word pacifier. Anyone heard that? that? You give a little baby a pacifier to bring peace to them. So they stop fighting the battle of sleep. They stop kicking, they stop crying, and and they just go to sleep. At least that's the theory, that it pacifies them. You know, sometimes I think in the heart of faith, this fight for faith, that sometimes there's things in our lives that pacify us in our life of Christhood. They pacify us in our pursuit of demonstrating God's love. They pacify us in our heart of courage and strength to live a life for Jesus. A lot of times, it's when we hold on too tightly to this stuff. And it ends up pacifying us in who Christ invites us to be. Can I encourage you? If you've placed your faith in Jesus, don't let things take away from who Christ calls you to be. That God calls you to live as an embodiment of Jesus in your world. Don't be passive in that. But take hold of the good confession that you made in Christ Jesus. When you went through the waters of baptism, as you declared that your life was never going to be the same. Take hold of it. Say, Jesus, I want to start contesting for faith in my life. I want to start contesting for faith in my world. Can we stand together this morning? And I'd love to pray for us as we we head into this song. And even as I pray, if you feel God speaking to you, you can close your eyes. You can even open your hands in front of you if you feel comfortable doing so. I want to pray for a letting go and are taking hold over your life. Jesus, I want to thank you that in Scripture, you invite us, you encourage us to take hold of more of who you are. 
Jesus, to pursue your righteousness, your godliness, your love, your faith, your endurance, your gentleness. Jesus, to pursue you. And Lord God, I want to thank you for every person here that has placed their faith in you, Jesus. And Jesus, I ask now that by your Holy Spirit, your presence within them, God, that Jesus, you would fan into flame that heart of faith to fight for faith, to contest for faith, to take hold of the spiritual in a whole new way. And Lord, help each one of us to, to hold the material with an open hand, Lord God. And Lord, I pray especially for anyone here this morning that wants to place their faith in you for the first time. Jesus, I pray that even in this moment, you would reveal yourself to them, Lord God. And God, I pray that you would help them to take the next step to come to know you more. We praise you, God, and we worship you this morning. Come on, church, let's praise him.